Well, welcome everybody to Downtown Harbor Church. If it is your first time here, my name is John, uh, lead pastor. Appreciate you guys coming on out. I do want to publicly thank Adam for speaking the last two weeks, gave me a chance to head up New Jersey and see family and some friends. So it was great, but it's always good to be back. Um, if it is your first time here, we are in the midst of this series that we are calling More Like You. And what we're doing is devoting an entire summer to life change. Scripture says that when you say yes to Jesus, that's kind of how we put it here, but when you become a Christian, when you give your, your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes into your life, takes up residence in your heart, and then begins to work to change you and to make you look more like Jesus, more like you. Now, the evidence of this life change is called the fruit of the Spirit. A guy named Paul, who wrote over half of the New Testament, explains what the fruit of the Spirit are, Galatians 5.22. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The best way to kind of think about the fruit of the Spirit is to think of them as though they are the qualities of Christ. Jesus, when he walked this earth some 2,000 years ago, exemplified all of these qualities, uh, personified them even. Now, while Scripture says that it is only God who can produce these fruits in our life, we have a responsibility, and our responsibility is to cultivate the fruit. And so every single week, we're examining an individual fruit, finding out what the Bible has to say about it, and how we can partner with God to cultivate these and to begin to implement them in our life at a greater level. So when you look at sort of the first three items in Paul's fruit basket, if you will, love, joy, and peace, they sound very spiritual right? Love, joy. But like almost heavenly, very nice for sort of a Sunday morning. But patience kind of brings you back down to earth on a Monday, all right? Now, before we kind of dive into patience, let me just say a couple of things. Let me just give a disclaimer. Let's put this up on the screen. You know, here at DHC, we pride ourselves on authenticity, okay? Because we believe that when you are real, that's attractive. And so I know you look at me and you think, gosh, you know, there's a guy that has it all together, you know? <laughs> Just squeaky clean, mental health, no neuroses, what, just a very well-adjusted human. I get that. I understand that. So I just want to, I just, before we go any further, I just want to let you know that I do not have this fruit, okay? Now, theologically, that's not exactly accurate because if you're a Christian, and I am, you have all the fruits. They're there. They're just buried really deep <laughs> inside of you. So I guess it would be more accurate for me to say I have not cultivated this particular fruit, okay? I've done very little work prepping the soil. I have I've not watered this fruit whatsoever. There has been zero pruning going on in the patient's department. Well, scripture sort of uses a metaphor of wine grapes uh, to talk about the fruit in our life. And so here's really a, an accurate picture of the, the patience that I have in my life. <laughs> now, your laughter lets me know that I'm not alone. This is probably all of you because I've probably driven next to you on 95, so you know what I'm talking about. I don't want to be this way. Nobody wants to be. This is not a fun way to kind of live your life. When you're around me and these raisins start coming out, it's not a pleasant experience. <laughs> you know, it's not an uplifting experience to be in the car with me when I lose my mind. Now, knowing this about me, I knew that our flight up to New Jersey two weeks ago was going to be slightly trying. Because it was me, and it was my nine-month-old uh, daughter. Now, we flew with her when she was three months. That was easy. She didn't move. She didn't sit. Now she's all over the place, okay? So we got a nine-month-old. And then, to make it even more complicated, we were bringing our dog with us for the first time. 
And then my wife just had foot surgery, so she could barely walk. So I knew that this travel day had the potential to be mm, a nightmare. So that morning before we left, I did the spiritual thing, and I prayed, and I said, God, take me now. Just end it, okay? Like, like Elijah, we just thought, like, like, can you get the chariot and bring me to heaven? It's been a good run, but this is not going to be a good day. Now, I prayed, God, please give me the patience today, please. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Can you just grow this in me today? Now, careful what you ask for. There you go. Someone has asked God and they gave, okay, so what was supposed to be a two and a half hour flight up to Newark on United Airlines, by the way, just so you know who we're dealing with, turned into a 10 hour flight. And when I say 10 hours, I mean 10 hours on the plane, in that seat, on the tarmac, with a dog who was stuck in a bag for 12 hours, and a baby that decided she wasn't gonna nap at all that day. I have some pictures from the flight, just so you know. Here's hour four. We did this for about 20 minutes, okay? Here's a, from hour six. We did some headstands. She, en she enjoys those. That was good. And then finally, hour eight, completely wired and awake. Now, during this 10-hour flight from hell, the plane ran out of gas. So they put us in Norfolk for three hours and a half. Then the plane ran out of water. That was fun. And we almost ran out of diapers and formula. But I'll tell you what I didn't run out of patience. I didn't explode. It was amazing. I didn't lose my mind. My, my wife was like, you are remarkably patient. <laughs> and I, I literally owe that all to God. So thank you, God, for getting me through that. Now, when we think about patience, we tend to think about these kind of circumstances, right? Air travel, uh, traffic, lines, you know. But patience is far bigger than that. Patience is a virtue that is actually spoken about all over scripture, cover to cover. It, it, it is a character trait that actually has a massive impact on our faith, on our lives, on our relationship with other people, and in our relationship with God. So before we kind of get into patience in our life, I thought it would be uh, even more important for us to talk about what patience looks like for God, right? God's patience, shall we say. Now remember, patience is a fruit of the Spirit. And all fruit of the Spirit comes from God. There are qualities of Christ bestowed on us. And I think one of the best ways that you can grow closer to God is to realize how patient God is with you. And one of the best ways you can grow closer to other people is to be more patient with them. So what does the Bible say about, having, like about God having patience? Well, first thing we learn is that our God is patient. And the key word is is. God is not trying to be patient. God is not developing his patience. He is not cultivating his patience like we are. God is patient. You could say that God is patience. It is his very nature. Patience is at the heart of the character of God. There's a, an amazing verse found in the Old Testament. The context is, it happens right after God has given Moses the Ten Commandments. We studied those a couple of months ago. Now, right when he's done, it says that God passed before Moses and God says, I am the Lord God. I am merciful and very patient with my people. I show great love and I can be trusted. These last four words here, I can be trusted. For someone here today, this is what you needed to hear. You, you just been waiting to hear God tell you that he can be trusted and he can. 
So we hear this about God all over Scripture, that God is patient. It's repeated time and time and time again. I love how it's written in Psalm 145. The Lord is merciful and compassionate. He is patient and he demonstrates his great loyal love. It's not that he just has great loyal love for us, but he demonstrates that love. I mean, we all have people in our lives who, you know, we know they love us. They're just mm, not great at demonstrating it. Not God. He loves us. Scripture says he actually takes delight in us, and then he demonstrates that love. He doesn't just help us when we need help. He just blesses us abundantly time and time and time again. I'd argue that patience is actually at the foundation of all of God's characteristics. You know, he is, he is a merciful God. He is a loving Father. He is a healer. But patience is at the foundation of all of that because if he weren't patient, he just would have wiped us out by now. I mean, he, he certainly wouldn't have sent his son to die on the cross for us. Let's be honest. We have given God every reason in the world to be impatient with us. And yet, he is patient. The other thing we see about God is that our God is, gives us time to believe. Peter says it like this. Remember, our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. God's desire, you read the scripture, God's desire is for the entire world, every single person, that they would be saved, that they all would have what we'll call a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Jesus himself says this, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one. And when he says no one, he means no one. No one comes to the Father except through me. Allow me just for a moment to be politically incorrect because this is going to be the most important thing you will ever hear in your entire life. All religions are not the same. All gods are not equal. There are not 1,000 ways to God according to Jesus himself, not me. He is the only way. And thankfully, because of the patience of our God, he gives people their entire lives to wrestle with this claim. He watches you make mistake after mistake. He watches you doubt his goodness and doubt his character. He watches you walk away from his love time and time and time again. But because he loves you and because he is patient with you, he gives you time to believe. Paul says, don't you realize how patient he is being with you? Don't you care? Can't you see that he has been waiting all this time without punishing you to give you time to turn from your sin? His kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. God, who owes us nothing, friends, is patiently waiting and waiting and waiting for someone in this room today to say yes. There is a deadline to believe. It's either your last breath or Jesus' second coming, and the reality is you don't know when either of those events is going to happen. For the last 2,022 years, people thought that Jesus was going to be coming back, but he hasn't yet. The Bible tells us why. Second Peter, it says, the Lord isn't really slow about his promise to come back, as some people think. No, here it is. He's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. 
So many people in this world look at our God and they think he is nothing but an angry God waiting to judge and smite us. It's quite the opposite. He is so unbelievably patient, giving us every possible opportunity to say yes to his son, Jesus. So, here's my advice to you. Don't test his patience. Don't wait to say yes. Don't wait until that last breath, that, that last moment, that thief on the cross. Don't wait. Say yes to Jesus now, today, and be made right with the creator of the universe. It will be the best decision you will ever make in your entire life. Thankfully, thankfully, we serve a patient God who loves us. But what does that mean for those of us in the room who are followers of Christ? Well, in week one, we learned that we love because God loves us. Scripture says that the reason we are to love other people is because God first loved us. Then we learn that we forgive because God forgave us. Jesus commands us to forgive other people because he forgave us. So with that in mind, I'd make the argument that we're to be patient because God is patient. So why is patience so important to a Christ follower? Well, because when we're patient, people are able to see Christ in us. When you are patient, all of the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all of these qualities can be seen by other people when we're patient. Because patience puts us on the back burner. However, when we are impatient, people are only able to see you. When you lose your mind, you fly off the handle, when you make hasty, unwise decisions with your life, all others see is you. And so what I want to do for the remainder of our time is I just want to kind of look at two areas in our life that I think patience pays off big dividends. I want to talk about cultivating patience with people and our plans. Let's first talk about cultivating patience with people. So here's the thing. If you're unlucky, Chances are at some point in your day, you will have to interact with other human beings, okay? I'm just, I know we're all trying to avoid that as long as it's going to happen, all right? And here's the problem with people. They're people, okay? And, and they can be difficult to deal with. They could be irritating or annoying or rude or just like whatever, okay? Now, I would argue that if we were all more patient with one another, this country would be entirely different. So how can we begin to be more patient with the people in our lives. The first thing we need to do is develop a new perspective. Patience begins by changing the way that you view something, whether it's a situation you're in or, or a person you are dealing with. When you are impatient, you have a very limited perspective, okay? All you see is yourself. Your needs, your desires, your goal, your wants, your schedule, and how people are just messing up your life. Everything is, everything is seen as an interruption, an inconvenience, or an irritation, which means that the root of our impatience is selfishness. So if this is true, and it is, then we need to get a new perspective on life. We gotta get outside of ourselves and, and learn to see things from others' point of view. Paul says, uh, pull it up for me, don't just think about your own affairs, but be interested in others too and in what they are doing. Meaning if you wanna have successful human relationships, and I know you do, then you need to start seeing life from other people's point of view. 
If you want a successful marriage, you've got to learn to see life from your spouse's point of view. If you want to be a successful parent, you've got to learn how to see life from, from your child's point of view. If you want to be a successful leader or a boss, you need to learn to see life from your employee's point of view. Paul is calling us to drop the selfishness and to develop a new perspective. Now, I don't think we're doing that in this country. We live in a very divided country right now. I would argue it's, it's us and them, right? Or, or us versus them sometimes. And these categories can be any number of things. They're constantly shifting. Politics, gender, sexual orientation, race, vaccine status, you name it. The tension is palpable. The problem is that we just get stuck in our own little silos. And we only see life from our point of view. I think we owe it to others to look at a situation from their perspective to find out why that person feels the way that they do or why that person thinks the way that they do. We don't have to say they're right. It's, it's having the patience to listen, though, the patience to care. One of the most straightforward verses in all of Scripture tells us that love is patient, period, hard stop. And yet, in spite of God being so unbelievably patient with us, we are not patient with anybody else. And we're quick to get mad, and we are quick to get offended, and we are quick to just write somebody off. And yet, Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, said that a man's wisdom gives him patience. Look at this. It is to his glory, our glory, to overlook an offense. Now, notice that it says wisdom. What, is, what does wisdom mean? Wisdom is seeing life from God's point of view. Wisdom is getting God's perspective on a particular situation. And when you view life from God's perspective, you learn a couple of things. Number one, you learn that you are only human. You are not God. Now, God knows this. He just wants you to acknowledge it. We are not perfect. We are not in control. We are, we are not always right. We do not have all the answers. We have a limited perspective. Second, when we begin to view life from God's point of view, we learn that nobody else is perfect either. And so we shouldn't be surprised or overly upset when, when people make mistakes or they let us down. Paul said, look, be patient. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. He's like, look, guys, nobody is perfect. We all have warts, all right? So please, be patient because of the love of Jesus because God is so patient with you in spite of your sin and your faults, I'm asking you, I'm telling you, be patient with one another. James, who is the brother of Jesus actually, adds to this conversation. He goes, here's what you should do. Everybody should be quick to listen. In other words, I want you to rush to listen to what other people have to say. I want you to rush to listen to what's going on in their lives, which if we're honest, is what we want other people to do for us. He continues. He says, I want you to be slow to speak. In other words, don't be afraid to wait. Don't be afraid to be patient. Don't feel like you have to respond immediately, which is phenomenal advice. Because when you bump into somebody who just irritates you, in the heat of that moment, you don't think clearly. And inevitably, you end up saying something that you didn't mean or that you will later regret. And so if you are quick to listen, 
If you are slow to speak, then the last part, well, it's easy. Slow to become angry. Which is both a result and a decision. Because if you are quick to listen and slow to speak, that means you'll be less likely to get angry. And it's easier to guard against anger if you decide up front, I'm going to be patient with this person. I'm, 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 I'm going to develop a new perspective. I'm going to attempt to see the world as they see it. So we want to cultivate patience with people. The second area in our life that we want to cultivate patience with is with our plans. The plans that we have for our life, the things that we ask God to act on. So full transparency, just kind of pulling back the curtain. I wrote basically three different versions of this section because there's just like so much to say when it comes to having patience with in our lives. In one draft, I, I want to talk to you guys about cultivating patience with God's promises. This is a theme we see all throughout Scripture. God promises that he will do something, and then we see the tension that exists while we're waiting for this promise to be fulfilled, and patience becomes a problem. And sometimes the recipient of that promise waits and trusts and is patient. And sometimes they're impatient. And that doesn't end well. So I thought, well, that would be beneficial for us to talk about. And then I thought, well, you know, we also need to cultivate patience with our problems, because we all have problems. Trials, tribulations, storms that we're going through. James, brother of Jesus, said something about this that is so encouraging and uplifting. He said, dear brothers, is your life full of difficulties and temptations? Yes. Okay. Then be happy. For when the way is rough, your patience has a chance to grow. So, let it grow. And don't try to squirm out of your problems for when your patience is finally in full bloom. I love that. Then you will be ready for anything. Strong in character, full and complete. Which means that whatever you're currently going through, God is working in you. And while things might seem out of control, God is in control. And maybe, just maybe, I don't know for sure, but maybe, just maybe, God is getting you ready for the greatest blessing of your life. But you need patience. But as I prayed, as to what we really need to talk about here. I just really felt like we have to cultivate patience with our plans. Because in this life, we all have decisions to make daily. What financial decisions? Uh, should I take this loan? Should I lease this car? Should I buy that house? How much house should I buy? How much car should I lease? We make relationship decisions. You know, should I date this person? Is this the person I want to spend the rest of my life with? We make career decisions. Should I take this job? Should I not take this job? Well, they offered me a job in a different state. Should I make the move for this job? And if you're a Christian, I think at some point you're going to ask, well, what does God want me to do? And so we fire off a prayer. Dear God, I want to take this job. I want to date this person. I want to buy this house. So what should I do? Amen. Now comes the hard part. Waiting. Okay, here's the reality. The reality is this. The hardest kind of waiting happens when you're in a hurry and God is not. It is hard to be patient when you're waiting for an answer to prayer, right? It is hard to be patient when you're waiting for God to change a financial situation. It is difficult to be patient when you're waiting for God to change a job situation or, or a marriage situation. It is hard when you are in a hurry and God is not. 
But waiting patiently is evidence of faith. See, I think you would agree as a Christian, we would, we, would, we would acknowledge that God is omniscient and omnipresent and omnipotent and all the omnis. And yet, when it comes to this prayer and this decision and this situation, when God forces us to wait for his direction, what do we often do? We come up with a, a million reasons why we can just press ahead. Well, he didn't say no. Okay, right. That must mean yes. Yeah, good luck with that. You know, I've waited long enough. I prayed on Sunday, and now it's Tuesday. You know, my old boss, Larry Thompson, he, he once famously said, the only thing worse than waiting on God is wishing you had. Brilliance. Larry, if you're watching, thank you. For those of you who have impatiently rushed ahead of God, you know exactly what he means by this. But what happened? We, 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 we looked around. We saw that this person had that, and this person had this, and I want that too. And now because we're impatient, we rushed ahead of God. We failed to wait to listen to the will of God, and now we got a mess on our hands. We have regret. God has given you patience so that you will listen to him. Because patience enables you to wait. Patience enables you to not rush ahead of God. Patience enables you to pray to seek God's will. Patience enables you to read scripture in order to learn God's principles. Patience enables you to seek godly wisdom from friends and family and the people that God has put into your life. And most importantly, patience enables you to submit your will to God's. To say, God, you know me and you know what I want and you know when I want it, but I love you, I trust you, and so as an act of faith, I am patiently submitting my will to yours. Scripture says, I was patient while I waited for the Lord, and he turned to me, and he heard my cry for help. Be patient with God, and he will show you the way to go. What's practical? What do you do with a message like this? If it is your first time here at DHC, every single week we put this word on the screen because we want to make sure you can leave on a Sunday and know exactly what to do with what you've heard. So patience is a very broad topic that reaches into so many areas in our lives. I don't want to overcomplicate this practical. I want to keep it simple, straightforward. So this week, today even, I would love for you to think of one person with whom you are angry and impatient. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's like a child. Maybe it's a wayward adult child who is just living a life that uh, could it be your boss or a sibling. Maybe it's not even a person. Maybe it's God. So what steps will you take to change those feelings? Maybe for you, you'll begin to listen more and talk less. Maybe for the very first time in your life, you will patiently pray rather than hastily act. God endowed you. If you've said yes to Jesus, God has endowed you with patience for a reason. It is in there. And it's there to help you know him and to help you love other people. 
So lean into that fruit. Cultivate that fruit. And you will live patiently. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you that we have the opportunity to come here today to talk about an issue that plagues humanity. South Florida, this room, this stage. Lord, you sent your son not just to die on that cross for our sins, but also so that he could give us his qualities and his characteristics to make us look more like him. I pray that today we would live differently. I praise God that you would give us the courage to be patient, to trust you with the people in our lives and the plans that we have. Lord, help us to live differently. Change us from the inside out. We love you. We ask all of this in Jesus' precious name.